Are you ready to die? Are you ready if this were the day that the Lord calls you home? Are you afraid of hell? Do you even think of hell? Do you think that even people can go to hell? Do you believe that? Oftentimes in our life, we don't think of the end. We aren't really thinking about our death until it's faced with us, until we get sick or a loved one dies. But the Lord challenges us today to keep ever and always our mortality in front of our eyes. And in one way, it's a good thing if we are not so concerned or overwhelmed or preoccupied with the possibility of eternal damnation. Because it speaks to what we heard in that beautiful second reading from the letter to the Hebrews, that what Abraham has, our eyes are built, or our eyes are set on something better, on a heavenly homeland, on a better homeland. It's a good thing when we can look into our hearts and into our lives and say, yes, Lord, if today is the day you call, I am ready. But it also can be a bad thing if we aren't also recognizing that there is the possibility of losing our salvation. If we're not prepared, Jesus says it very starkly, if we, we who are the believers, are not prepared, we will be beaten severely. He is saying to us directly, those who believe, those who have made a sacrifice, those who have chosen to follow him, that much is being asked of us. And our own salvation hangs in the balance of our yes, and our full-hearted and throated yes to the gospel to living as disciples of Jesus in all that we do, so that we can share with others the good news of Jesus. In thinking about this throughout the course of the week, what does this look like for us to be not preoccupied with death or sin or damnation, but to live as sons and daughters and in that freedom of sons and daughters of God? Who is an example or a shining light who can point the way for us? Well, we see this in, again, that letter to the Hebrews. We hear the example of Abraham. Abraham was willing to offer his beloved son. And God rewarded him greatly. God himself offered his son for us. But for even those images, as beautiful and as powerful and as redemptive as the, the death of Jesus is for us, that can still seem like a bit much. To God to ask of us for that one thing that we hold above all else. And so I'm praying about this and thinking about this. And then also re- remembering and preparing for tomorrow the feast, the solemnity for us Dominicans of St. Dominic. I'm reminded of that beautiful light that St. Dominic was for the church. In fact, we Dominicans at the end of every day, at the end of our night prayers, we sing a hymn or we say a hymn if we're saying it in private to St. Dominic. And it starts with, O Lumen Ecclesiae, Doctor Veritatis, O Light of the Church, Doctor of Truth. Most people know nothing about St. Dominic. My parents, years ago, were doing a trip through Spain, St. Dominic's homeland. They couldn't even find a statue in his honor. We Dominicans are the worst at lifting up our saints. You know, the Franciscans have St. Francis, the Jesuits have St. Ignatius. We, when St. Dominic died, just kind of threw him in the common pit with all the other brothers who had died. It wasn't until one of his spiritual directees became Pope that we were told, basically, by the Holy Father to make a shrine to our founder and to make him a, and that they would make him a saint. St. Dominic left us not this incredible personality or life, but he left us a lifestyle to live. 
St. Dominic gave, when in his, uh, as a young man, when he was studying for the priesthood, there was a plague and a pestilence and a, and a, a drought in the city where he was living. People were starving to death. St. Dominic, back in those days, books were very expensive because they had to be handwritten. He sold his books. He put his studies aside so that he could feed the poor. When he was a young priest and traveling with his bishop, he encountered a heresy. And he recognized that it wasn't so much the lack of truth in the preaching of the preachers of the Catholic faith. It was their lack of solidarity with those in need. And so his life, he decided, was to live poverty and to also study the truth so that he could give that to the church. He wasn't afraid of going to hell. He wasn't afraid of losing his salvation. But he was looking around him and seeing there are people who don't know this. What must I do to share this with them? How can I live a life of such integrity that when people encounter me in any way, shape, or form, they know that they are loved because it is the love of Christ radiating through me? There's a famous story of St. Dominic meeting this heretic in, this, in Toulouse in this little pub or whatever it was, and our innkeeper, and just sitting there all night long and talking with him and listening to him. And in the morning, the innkeeper came back to the practice of the Catholic faith. St. Dominic was preparing every moment of his life for his death, yes, but so that his life could share the goodness that he knew of God. Everything shone forth, the light that shone in his heart, shone through everything that he did. And he leaves us as his sons and daughters in the Dominican order an example of, you know, we live the evangelical councils, poverty, chastity, and obedience. Why do we do that? To live in solidarity, to strip away those things that attach us to the world. We take and make those gifts so that we can love you, so that we can meet you, so that we can share the gospel with you. And we are being challenged today, brothers and sisters, to live that life of integrity. How can we, as Jesus says in the gospel, take up and find our treasure in heaven? What are the things that we are clinging to here on earth? How can we offer them back to God? How can they become the means of our salvation? How can we share the light of God's love with everyone we encounter, even if we never share his name? Because St. Dominic is obviously, he was a priest, he was a preacher. That was his, his job, his mission in life. But we all have the same mission. At work, do people see the light of Christ, the light of love beaming forth in your, in your interactions with them? At home, is your home a place where it is sanctified, where you are striving together to be saints, where you are encouraging and, if need be, challenging each other to grow as sons and daughters of God, to open your hearts to the beauty that God has in store for you? Are you opening your heart daily to the Lord in prayer and to his word? When we do this, we are preparing not only to meet God face to face, but to meet Jesus in each other and to share that with each other. To know that God is working out something great in our life and to be willing to share that with others. Much is being asked of us. There's no way around that. Especially those of us who believe and practice the faith. There's no, there's just, you know, if we're being honest, most people who have decided to live in the world and to have their faith on, you know, not as the most important piece, they're not here anymore. 
So those of us who are here, the Lord's asking a lot of us. The Lord's asking each of us to really go dig deep into our hearts. To really offer ourselves in more and more profound ways to the Lord in silence and in prayer and in study and to each other. But it's not so that we can be slaves. It's so that we can be free. And so that the gospel can be shared through our lives. Because you may be the only gospel the people in your life hear or read today and every day. And so we ask the Lord for the strength to be prepared, to open our hearts every day in prayer, to give to those who are in need, and to share the gospel through the integrity of our life. Because this is what the world needs. Preachers of grace like St. Dominic, who are not afraid, but who are overcome with joy and with love, who have so found that treasure that pearl of great price, that treasure buried in the field, that they cannot help but share that and glow that into everything that they do. Jesus says in the gospel, where your treasure is, there also will be your heart. Find that treasure with God and let your heart share that joy with everyone you encounter. There's a great line from Sister Thea Bowman, who is on the path to canonization. She was, at the end of her life, interviewed by Mike Wallace on 60 Minutes. And she said something along the lines, I'm going to butcher this, but something along the lines of, I'm happy to do my little part and to light my little candle. Because if all of us did that, we would have a glorious and wonderful light. Friends, let's light our light. The light of the church, the light of love, Let's light it together, share it with each other, and share it with the world.